Hello Squawkers, thanks for joining us today. As always, I'm your host Andrew Biggers and first and foremost, happy Family Literacy Day. To all those literate families gathering around the radio listening right now, we, uh, we appreciate your listenership. With us today, as always, is Braden, the French Connection. Braden, how are you? Doing pretty good. Yeah. Doing pretty good. Anything new with you? Uh, nothing much, you know, just going to class and homework. I think last time you said you weren't going to class. <laughs> well, now I am. Kind of done a whole a change. Kind of shift. A whole 360, yeah. I like it. And um, second time guest on the show, always a treat to have him. We got Ruger Stocking, yeah? Yes, yes. Excellent. How are you, Ruger? I'm good. It's almost the weekend. Hey, uh, a little bird told me that you just got into law school. That is true. Or accepted into law school. Yes, good times. Congratulations. Feels like school's finally paying off, perhaps. (laughs) I'm not there yet, but (laughs) God willing. The Uh, senior eye just kicks in really hard, though. Oh, I'm sure. Once you do, you kind of just clock out of everything. Even in high school, (laughs) senior eye is a a very real (laughs) ailment that too many suffer from. Um, all right, well, on this day in history, November 14th, 2013, Boston gangster Whitey Bulger is sentenced to two consecutive life terms plus five extra years for his crimes. So, um, yeah, that's a real interesting thing. You guys know anything about Whitey? Yeah, have you seen the movie? The Black Mask? Yeah. It's pretty good. It's very good. The guy was nuts. Yeah, he was nuts. Um, organized crime is nuts. It is. <laughs> it's not. It's not like it used to be, though. Like I, I there's. The, I mean, obviously. I feel, do you think there's still a mafia? Um, there definitely is. The, I feel like that now it's a lot more like legal and just kind of sketch legal stuff happening. Like insider trading and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I agree. They can't really, you know, lift a or steal a whole truckload of cigarettes and then <laughs> sell them outside in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's let's get into some questions. Would you rather be Jeff Bezos's butler or Elon Musk's mailman? Butler. Butler? Yeah. Any particular reason? Um, higher chance you'll see something to blackmail Bezos for money. Just like his wife, the old lady. Mm-hmm. What, whatever happened with that? Did he... Did he separate from her entirely? Yeah, they got a divorce, and she became, I think, like the second richest person on earth or something. I saw a funny deal where it was like, since she divorced, she's now ranked as like one of the richest people on earth because she got like half of this stuff. Her and Kylie Jenner, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah that's nuts. Brayden? What up? <coughs> Butler or <male> <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, I would have to go with Butler as well. Well, I don't know, because you can look. You could uh, look through. Uh, I mean, it's illegal, but you could look <laughs> through uh, Elon Musk's mail. But actually, no, nah, I'm going. I'm going with Butler. I'm going with Butler. Well, I bet that Elon is ordering some shady stuff from Amazon. I'm um, true. Bezos knows about it, so if you're the Butler, maybe you package those, you know, yeah. those shipments, and yeah. if you're the mailman, you deliver them. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think the I think the Butler would be cool. I think I, I've always had a fascination with the art of being a butlering, butlerage, <laughs> butlering, <laughs> butlerage, whatever it is. The butlering gang. <clears throat> Butler gang, yeah. All right, what's your strangest hobby? Hmm. 
Braden, it looks like so many things are coming to you. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying to think. I have have one. Um, I really like looking at maps, and I don't know why. You know that? World maps or just... Maps. (laughs) Um, Have you seen... You know that big map in uh, one of the Bible classrooms from, like, 1990? Yeah. I can just stare at that thing for hours. I think I've been... (laughs) Well, what about it? Just all the places you want to go? I don't know. Just going country to country, just looking at... It plus, uh, 1990s way different than today. So like comparing, contrasting, and stuff like that. I don't know why. It's just super interesting. I like maps too, but um, not like you. So <laughs> you have a real infatuation. Braden, I can't really think of anything. Um, uh, I would say. Strange, ha- like habit or hobby. Hobby? hobby? hobby. Something that you do regularly that others think is a bit off. Think is a bit off? Or maybe not off, but just, you know, unusual. I don't think I do anything that, that like, like that. Don't I don't think, think so? I, I don't think I do. Come on. I really don't. I'm really thinking, like, as hard as I can. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I do. All right. Well... <laughs> Sometimes, I don't know if it's that strange. You are so full of it. No, Uh, dude, I'm dead serious. Sometimes I will just, if I'm bored or, you know, I can't sleep, I write lists. Uh, I've heard of people that do. Yeah, I just write, you know, top ten movies of the 2000s so far. Top ten, you know. Like Dwight. Huh? Like Dwight in the office, he makes lists. You know, it's not the first time someone (laughs) has compared me to Dwight Schrute. Um, But, yeah, I guess. I don't stash weapons around the studio, though. That's one thing. I, I got one. Noted. I got, oh, you one. got one. Yeah. Um, I could watch, like, I do this most a lot. I could watch um, Bounty Hunter, like, you know, Bounty Hunters, they dog, go out and dog, get people. Bounty Hunter? No, not Dog. His name's Patty Mayo. He, uh, he worked. Patty Mayo. <laughs> Patty Mayo. Um, he works for, like, a, a, bonds, a bail bonds company. And, you know, when, like, people don't show up to court and stuff, he goes and gets them. Yeah. I could, yeah. He has a lot of videos on his YouTube channel. I I watch those a lot. Oh my! I've seen this guy's videos. I thought he was just a cop. He's a full-on bounty hunter. He's like a like a bail bonds. uh, His thing says sheriff. Is he maybe used to be a cop, but like now on his vest it says like yeah yeah bill enforcement bill enforcement agent. So I feel like that's a subset of cops, which like bounty hunters are like they have the badge and stuff. So. You have to get a bounty hunter's license, right? Like, what yeah. you do with a PI. I looked yeah. it up, and I'll, honestly, I'm I'm kind of interested. Oh, I'm kind of interested. I could definitely see you as a repo man. Dude, that'd be <laughs> so cool. Have y'all seen Mandalorian? Yes. No. You could be like that. You could be like that. <laughs> yeah. That's what bounty hunters. Yeah. Do. Um. Um. To put. Andrew Biggers on the hot seat. I have no shame. <laughs> this man will not be participating in watching or buying Disney Plus. Why? Do you I'm hate not t- tell, him, tell him why. I, tell him why. Because I hate what Disney's done to Star Wars. I think Bob That's Iger fair. is, you know, mm. one of the most powerful people in the country, maybe the world, solely due to the fact that he is the head of the new empire. Like, literally, mm. the, the, Disney is a monopoly. And I, I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable for. Do they I own? Do they own National Geographic? They do. Yeah, they do. Nobody told me that. That scares me. That 
people who make cartoons also dabble in National Geographic. <laughs> Don't yes. they also own like two news agencies? They own ABC News um, and, and NBC. No, no. It's two biggies though, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, they also own ESPN. But what what else do they own? Um, uh, I don't. Well, well, I I don't think they definitely don't own Fox News. They well, they're in they're in charge of Vice, the print edition, and I guess also they're they run Vice. Yeah, and Vox. I'm pretty sure. But I know, I, see, it's just it's too much. I think I think you're gonna break. I think you're gonna break because Simpsons is on there, dude. And I don't know, bro. You, I think really I really think you're gonna break. You want me to break? My, yes, my, I do my, want you to. My problem is now. There's the whole nice part about the streaming services is it was way cheaper than cable, but now there's so many streaming services. It's like the same price as ca- cable. Yeah. Like yeah. if you register for like all the big ones, um, you could easily get your bill up to where it's like just expensive as if cable. Not more. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because a lot of them haven't even launched yet. I know Showtime has got one coming out. HBO has one coming out. Mm-hmm. Apple TV released one. Yeah, uh, Apple TV Plus, right? Yeah. And they, we said this on Tuesday's Squawk, but there are talks of a possible sequel to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker being an HBO streaming service exclusive. Whoa. So... <laughs> it's crazy because we're definitely in the middle of this huge transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just don't. I feel like the future is going to be less ads because. Oh, it's going to be more ads. I, I, we say that, but like everything's behind a paywall, and I have my Google Chrome is like just stacked with ad blockers to where now I get around it on everything, even YouTube. I, I envision there being more ads for those who are not willing to pay to avoid them. Like That's I, true. Like on my, I mean, ad blockers are great, but... On my phone, some, right? it's obscene. Like, I forget how many there are, and then, like, I'll go Google something on my phone, and it's... It's crazy. It's brutal. Yeah, it's uh, it's out of hand, but... I know Hulu is crazy with ads. Yeah, mm. if you don't pay the yeah. premium price. Because even with ads, it's still, like, nine bucks a month. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... It's not good. Yeah. But, um, well, what was the dumbest thing y'all did as a kid? Uh, you're making us think today. I know. You're definitely making us think today. I, uh, I pulled the fire alarm on the first day of kindergarten. It's a good one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is probably one of the dumbest things I ever did, but I was in sixth grade. I was on the basketball team. We had a basketball game that day, and me and my buddy were spitting spit wads in the computer lab. Spit wads? Or not spit wads. Uh, yeah, spit wads. Like you know, with the paper, you put them in the in the broken oh, pencil ball? and you shoot it. Yeah, I've never done that. You never done that? Mm-mm. Well, I shot one at my teacher and it hit her in the back of the head, and I had to stay after school and miss my game, and like vacuum majority of the rooms in the school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mine doesn't pay, bro. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, I think the stupidest thing I did was uh, I wrecked my. I had a little four wheeler, like a kid sized one, and <laughs> we lived in um, the Great Plains, so it was literally nothing. And we lived in the country, but there was a trailer parked, and um, I literally just was not looking ahead of me for some reason. I like to this day have no idea, and. Um, 
I literally just straight up we're in the middle of the Great Plains, nothing's around it, and I just full speed <coughs> slam my four wheeler <laughs> into the trailer. Head on, like, head on, just obliterated the front of my four wheeler. <laughs> blew it to shreds. I've ran into a hot wire before on mm-hmm. a four wheeler when I was younger. You know, come to think of it, I have flipped a four wheeler. <laughs> death traps. Oh yeah. They're oh so yeah. Fun, They're so, yeah, so fun. Great. We need a squawk vehicle. <laughs> a squawk Particularly vehicle. a squawk themed four wheeler. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, maybe we'll come back to some of these questions in a little bit, but um, a lot is going on. Russell Westbrook is officially selling his Oklahoma City house for $1.7 million, So that's kind of the final nail in the coffin of his departure. Yep. Good riddance. Yeah. Um, you guys remember Hurricane Dorian? Um, sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. Well, they uh, they recorded during the hurricane that three cows went missing, and they just found them 56 miles away on a little undeveloped barrier of islands, just three of them <laughs> like under a tree. Oh, like they found the bodies? Or they no, they were alive. Oh, that's even more impressive. I know. So it's like, and it's only reachable by boat. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like a hurricane would do that. It seems to me more like extraterrestrial kind of involvement. That's just crazy. Have you seen the deals where it's like, like softer objects through harder objects from tornadoes? What do you mean? Um... Try to think of an example, but it'd be like, um, like a paper cup going through a fence, like a wooden oh, fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Um, I can't think of any examples, but I've heard of them from people who like will just find the craziest stuff left over from tornadoes. Have you guys seen a tornado up close? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I lived in freaking Kansas. Kansas, we got a, mo- a lot of the time. Then now in Oklahoma, I mean, they're everywhere in Oklahoma. Well, that's the thing. I haven't seen one. I've participated <laughs> in tornado warnings. You know, I've, I've ducked for cover, but I've never seen a tornado. I mean, I'm feeling kind of gypped, if I'm being honest. That's why I came. That's why I came out here <laughs> to see a tornado. Tornado, tornadoes, yeah. Dude, it's always weird because every time I've lived in a tornado, never actually hit. Like back when I lived in Ulysses, Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, we had we had there was a tornado that was coming towards the town, and it simply just went up went over the city and then right when it got back over the city it just went b- right back down and just kept going <laughs> See, here you go. Here's and, a- <clears throat> yeah and then like kingfisher is in between two rivers and tornadoes can't cross like rivers you know what i'm saying yeah and so we just never get them we just see them from is a that distance a record? yeah this is a vinyl record that's slammed into a telephone pole holy cow and it's not broken it's like the record just stuck in it Wow. Stuff and that like thing that. had to be going fast. Very fast. But still, it's insane <clears throat> that it is in, you know, it's fully intact. It yeah. break at all. Tornadoes are scary. Yeah, tornadoes are very scary. I, I have more, but I will say I would rather, well, I don't know. We talked a little bit when Caleb was on, Caleb Brown was on mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago about um, getting struck by lightning. That sucked. Uh, I'm deathly afraid of lightning. Yeah, I, I, well, I am too, but... A lot of people seem to live from it. Is that wrong? Well, no, they... And what Caleb was telling us is not only do they live, but some of them have, dare I say, supernatural kind of abilities. 
one guy got his hearing and eyesight back from being blind his whole um, life. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it also correlates to ESP. Isn't that the kind of telepathic? Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. all like magnetic wave. Yeah. Stuff. That, well, that's what he. That's what Caleb was saying was that there are studies. I don't know who's publishing him, but apparently there are studies. <laughs> Somehow that, Caleb Brown is getting a hold yeah, of these. Yeah, Caleb stuff. Brown is reading all these internet things about lightning strike victims, but. No, but apparently it actually enhances your e- uh, ESP ability and memory hmm. sometimes. But it's have you ever seen a picture of someone's clothes after they get struck by lightning? Mm-mm. It's just it's, shredded. Yeah, it's weird. It, they look torn up and not necessarily burned, but very, very like starchy, very, very like crispy almost. Mm-hmm. And it's very odd. But um, you get tattoos from it too. Tattoos. Yeah. Uh, like you, have you ever strong. seen a pic? Yeah, it's like a, like a. Yeah, I just have to show you a picture. Right. You know what I'm scared of? I'm scared of dying, um, in like one of those stupid ways. Like, think about this. Like, if you're, if you d- use a metal fork to try and dig something out of the toaster, that'll kill you. Yeah, well. <clears throat> that'll kill you, and like that's an easy thing to forget. Like, if you're just like hurrying to work or something, and like half your bagel fell in the toaster. Well, I mean, I don't know if this was intentional, if he was trying to kill us, but our roommate, oh, you're right. For those who can't see, lightning gives you very odd, I'm guessing permanent markings on your body. Check it out. But I don't know if he was trying to kill us, if it was thought out intentional, but my my roommate, D, as we call him, he decided (laughs) at 3 a.m., Brayden, you know the story. Yeah. At 3 a.m., he decides, hey, you know what? We have homemade, we have pizza. We have a recipe for pizza. We have the materials we need. I'm going to make a homemade pizza. Turns on the oven to preheat, and then after it's done, 15 minutes later, he goes over. He's cooking the dough at 350 degrees. Well, we wake up uh, on, I think it was a Saturday, Saturday morning at like 9 a.m., and the oven's still on, and <laughs> the dough <laughs> is still in there burning. But as I understand it it's, it, it's quite possible that that dough could have caught on fire. Yeah, I think and so. Blown up the entire apartment. <laughs> but when we took it out, man, you you could have thrown it like a frisbee. And it, <laughs> even after hitting the ground, it still would not have cracked. It was it's kind of like a sci- in-house science project. But, you know. <laughs> But I, but back to what you're saying, I do. If I die, I want to die in an epic fashion, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want, you know. I, I really do fear the mundane kind of you know, departure. Like, if I'm crossing the street and some guy just hits me, I feel like that's a pretty, pretty lousy way to go out. I also get, I also get scared. Like, uh, you know, after a long day on the lake and tubing and stuff, you hear the stories about the people who fall asleep and then they drown in their sleep. Because they had water in their lungs, and they just didn't know. And so then it, like, washed out, and they drowned. Well, Is that true? That, yeah, that a lot of people, a lot of kids, especially really little kids, die from that. Well, there's a there's a term for that, too. Yeah. I forget what it is, but, man, tubing itself, I love it. it oh, yeah. Fun. It's so it fun. so dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I hear these stories about kids that will literally, you know, they'll go flying up in the air, and as soon as they make contact with the water, they have, like, paralysis. Like, they, uh. they actually damage their spinal cord or something. Oh well, Jeez. if you hit it hard enough, it's like a solid. Yeah. yeah. Like in concrete. And like you kind of like tumble on top of the water mm-hmm. and then you... Yeah, like a skipping stone, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but... 
it should be an age limit for tubing. You think so? Yeah. If you were if you were president, you would say that's your top priority. <laughs> yeah, top priority. Stop underage tubing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, speaking of the president, did you guys watch any of the first impeachment hearing televised? Mm-hmm. Drew in over thirteen point one million viewers, so that's goodness. That's a lot of people. Yeah. It's crazy. This is the first time anything like this has happened in over twenty years. Yeah. You know I saw I saw him in Dallas. Trump, the yeah. Don? Yeah, he was in Dallas. Did you go to a rally? Mm-hmm. My girlfriend went to a rally when we were in high school and she said it was one of the craziest, yeah. most energetic events she has ever been to. Yeah, it it was legit crazy. I watched his rally in Kentucky on YouTube. I had just gotten some food and I brought it back and turned it on because it was live. And he kept the crowd waiting for about 30 minutes. But then, who's the Lee Greenwood, the creator of that song? You know, I'm proud to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes out singing that song. And and then before the main chorus drop, ladies and gentlemen, the 45th president of the United States, (laughs) Donald Trump. And then he finishes it. And, you know, Trump comes out on stage and praises Lee. But. Yeah, it, it's it's nuts, man. Like that, and a lot of people show up. A lot of people are coming to these rallies. Yeah, no, it was packed. Uh, trying to remember, I think the stadium holds. Oh, geez, now I'm scared. I'm a lie. Well, where where did you go? I, it was American Airlines Center. Oh, um, yeah, that's a pretty large venue. Um, because only like a third of the people that showed up got in. Seriously? Yeah, so, like, he filled it, and then there was still two-thirds. So, yeah, so uh, American Airlines Center holds 20,000, and that was filled. They were at max capacity. Um, but like, 60,000 people showed up. So 40,000 people didn't get to go in. And we got there, like, six hours early to wait in line, and we got in when it was about, like, 50%. So, like, we were, like, about <coughs> the 10,000th people. Like, we got in, and the whole first, like, level was already full. What did you think of the crowd? Um, there was, honestly, a lot of uh, kind of cliche Trump supporters, like, how you would expect them to be. But then there was a lot of people who were, like, uh, not what you would expect, but they wanted you to know that they weren't what you should be expecting. Like, there's a lot of gays for Trump, blacks for Trump, Hispanics for Trump. And if you were a part of that group, you, like, had it plastered all over you, like, signed, shirt. Yeah, you got to represent, right? Yeah, stuff like that. Um, so it was definitely a lot more diverse than I thought it'd be. One thing that I notice every time I see him speak in public, whether it's at a rally or, you know, just in public, there are a lot of young, maybe early 20s, guys you know white black mm-hmm. they're all in suits and i don't know like that i always feel like trump strikes much more of a chord where you know taps a nerve with an older crowd yeah not and really our demographic not really our age group spe- specifically because of you know twitter and, mm-hmm. you know. and um he's also really funny like he, he when, once you actually listen to like a full one of his speech you you get that like most of what he's saying, he's, like, joking. Like, he's funny. Like, he reminds me of my grandpa, you know? Like, like he honestly does. Like, he's just a funny guy ripping on people. Well, I, I 
when he was at the rally in Kentucky that I watched, I laughed very hard just because he just does not care. Yeah, and it's so funny. You know, that's definitely a two-way street. It's not without its negative drawbacks, uh-huh. but I laughed hard when he was talking about, because um, he had just said that the leader of ISIS, Baghdadi, you know, he died. Uh-huh. He died like a coward. And then he talked about the newly appointed leader of ISIS, who he also killed. <laughs> and he said, and we sold the new leader of ISIS a one-way ticket to hell. I don't know. I, I don't think that these impeachment hearings are going to produce any crazy results. I, no. I think it's a failed... I think I think it, it has been failed since the get go, since the start. Yeah, and my thing is, the goalpost just like keeps moving. Like I thought he colluded with the Russians, you know. And the, do you not think he did whatsoever? Um. No, I think he. I think at best, all this stuff he's doing is like unethical stuff that all presidents have like done. Like, I definitely think, from what I've seen, like, through Roger Stone and other people, he was definitely trying to get the the Democratic emails leaked, but there's no um, evidence that the Russian state was involved. And also, like, I still don't... No one's explained to me <coughs> how it's a bad thing that, like, the public got all the DNC emails. Like, people are just kind of mad it didn't happen when, like, they should be mad at, like, what's in them. Like, I mean, if someone leaked all the Republican emails, I'd say the same thing. Like, okay, now we know what the party people think. Yeah. So, like, I, I really I really don't get what, like, the <coughs> problem is. Plus, there's, like, a whole FBI investigation, and they didn't get him. And what gets me is, like, within, like, a week, they had just moved on. But, like, the news is 24-7, like, for three years. Like, Russian collusion, this is the end. He's about to get impeached, and then... They published the results and then nothing. And then now they moved on. And also, you know what I realized the other day? I was talking to some people about this and I was like, do you remember how right up to the election they were saying like how all these women were coming out and accusing him of rape and stuff? And then that also vanishes. So it's this thing where they they just scream stuff and then it goes away. Um, but what I realized is that the... The people who are against Trump are kind of like conspiracy theories theorists because I would ask these people who, um, you know, they're like, oh, the president needs to be impeached. He colluded with Russia. He did everything, you know. I asked them, I'm like, but, like, why hasn't he been convicted that yet? Like, why isn't he in jail or anything? And they literally are like, oh, he just has enough people in the right places throughout the government that they're stopping all these investigations and stuff. And I'm like... That's a conspiracy theory. Like, <coughs> like people on the right say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've said it about Clinton and you know, just the Democratic establishment. But what I, I don't understand with the DNC leak especially was that just, I mean, it, well, I, I think it was maybe eight years ago. Was it Sandy Berger, the guy who broke into the RNC and stuffed a bunch of files down, like down into his pants and tried to get off, but he... I mean, obviously, there's there are cameras, and yeah. that ended up costing him. But th- I mean, that's just like you know, it's not ethical, but it's it's politics. It should it shouldn't be the rule. It shouldn't be fair game. But that's that's my thing. Is impeachment definitely won't go anywhere just because the Republicans have 
the Senate. So, like, just how impeachment works is nothing's going to happen. Um, but what I'm scared for is, like, the, the actual lasting damage because now I'm scared that uh, the Republicans are going to use impeachment when they shouldn't too, and it's just going to be like a slow downward spiral. I think the timing of it all is also pretty mm-hmm. ridiculous. I mean, you right before the election, yeah, you're drawing every one, every you know potential voter that you want voting Democrat is now focusing on an impeachment hearing and just try that will probably not produce an impeachment. Like yeah. I would say, ninety percent. I would I would say there's a ninety percent chance it won't, but maybe ninety five honestly. But I, I just don't understand why it was warranted. I get I mean I understand if mm-hmm. you want to do separate investigations, but with Russia specifically, mm-hmm. no no visible collusion was found. I do think Russia interfered to a certain degree because you have people with not just the MRC Media Research Center, mm-hmm. but. Uh, trying to remember the social there's one for social networking and they could tell you that on Facebook there were it was less than 20 but there were Russian act bot activated accounts yeah that would set up but MAGA rallies across the street from Black Pride you know mm-hmm. and other kind of rallies like that just you know trying to start an incident trying to provoke some oh. kind of violence but I, I, I don't think that Russia you know, hacked into the ballot or did anything like that. I, like, I think most Democrats believe they did. Um, have you heard, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. Have you heard about a book called The Foundation of Geopolitics? I have not. So basically, um, it's by, uh, like, a obviously a, a political foreign policy guy in Russia um, and this quote gave me goosebumps. Um, let me let me find it. Um, but this handbook is like government issued because uh, basically Putin was like, okay, we you know the guy was a professor who put out this textbook that basically lined up um, all the general kind of principles that Putin also agreed in. You know where he's like. We need to kind of have this traditional society, and Russia needs to expand its interests um, abroad. Um, okay, you okay? So this this book came out. Um, it came out a long time ago, like two thousand five. So it's an old book, right? But listen, yeah. listen to a couple of these quotes. One of the quotes is, um, "The United Kingdom should be cut off from mainland Europe." Whoa. Um, Ukraine should be annexed by Russia because Ukraine as a state has no geopolitical meaning, no particular cultural import or significance or geographic uniqueness. Um, Ukraine should not be allowed to remain uh, independent. Um, Okay, listen to this. This is the quote that, that gave me goosebumps. Um, in the United States, Russia <coughs> should use its special forces within the borders of the United States to fuel instability and separatism. For instance, they should provoke Afro-American racists, and Russia should introduce geopolitical disorder into internal American activity, encouraging all kinds of separatism and ethnic, social, and racial conflicts 
actively supporting all dissident movements, extremists, racists, and sectarian groups, thus destabilizing internal political processes in the U.S. It would also make sense simultaneously to support isolationism in the United States and try and remove the United States from NATO. Will you send me a link to that, actually? Because that ties in perfectly with the example I just said. Yeah, so, um, and the textbook is like... You said it's standard issue. Yeah, the government, so it was just like a textbook that the guy made. It's called Foundations of Geopolitics. So, like, if you'd go to Russian universities and stuff, that's what they would give you. Um, And now um, the government started issuing it to, like, people in the military and stuff. That's haunting. Yeah, it gave me goosebumps. Because there's a whole chapter in there about how, like, you should try and get the U.K., um, out of the EU because then that makes the EU weaker and stuff like that. How many journalists do you think Vladimir Putin has taken out? A lot. A lot. One thing that we talked about on Tuesday, Squawk, that I think is a bit concerning is Trump is considering going to Russia's parade. I forget what it's called, but you know the one in mm-hmm. Moscow where they showboat all their new military technology. They have all these tanks rolling down, uh, APVs, soldiers. It's nuts, but Putin invited Trump, and apparently he's considering it, which I think just is a basic PR move. Yeah, that's not a good one. No, not at all, because he would be the first U.S. president to attend that. Um, Have you heard about the um, Belt and Road Initiative? Mm Mm-mm. This also scares me and gave me goosebumps. So basically... Um, the Belt and Road? Belt and Road Initiative. And, road. and basically, China um, got together... I can read you the formal definition. Okay, yeah, here's <coughs> the formal definition. The Belt and Road Initiative is a global development strategy adopted by the Chinese government involving infrastructure development and investments in 152 countries and international organizations in Asia, Europe, Africa, Middle East. Um, It's a strategy, that just says when he announced it, but basically the strategy is to um, try and get China and Asia linked rather than, um, or China and Europe linked rather than Europe and America. And so what they're doing is China's like investing in uh, the Middle East and Africa to try and cut America out of like markets and stuff that they traditionally had. Well, I think Russia has done some of that as well. Exactly, China, China's a part of it. Syria, and I mean Iran as well. That is that. I I think that if there were to be another world war, it would be us versus Russia or China. I mean, I, I obviously that's way down the road. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know how realistic yeah. another world war is. Um. Yeah, I only think oh, another world war could happen like post America or like post superpower America, just because we have the largest military by like every metric. I could send you a video, but someone did the math where it's like even if the whole world went to war with America, yeah, we could be. I've seen that we could yeah, be self-sustaining for almost like, a year. Or yeah, two. a year and. Not only do we have the biggest military, but we just have the ability to get it anywhere on Earth, like, super quick, stuff like that. Yeah, it's 
That's crazy. I, I think that in terms of, you know, predicting wars, because, you know, that's what mm. we're all about here. So <laughs> I, I could definitely see there being a serious conflict with Iran. Mm, uh, yeah. A, a serious one in the coming years. So, and I mean, I've read, I don't know anything about stocks or anything like that, but I have heard or read multiple quotes from people telling you what to invest in. And it's like invest in Lockheed Martin, Lockheed Martin Boeing. Oh, because yeah. Especially if Trump is reelected, which I'm assuming will yeah. happen. I think that, you know, military funding might increase beyond what it is currently, which I think is that, that that's a question. What do you think that the military is funded the proper amount or too much? Oh, definitely too much. Yeah. Um, like every year, th- this will blow your mind. Every year, um, America like the people like working in America um their taxes every fiscal year um comes out to about like four and a half trillion dollars so that means like what they take out of our paychecks everyone that's like the productivity of the American people is 4.5 trillion the entire dollars. American workforce yeah exactly that is so much money like that's enough money to by other countries, like multiple other countries. I, I think that'd make us, like, just that revenue alone each fiscal year would put us at, like, I think the third largest, um, like, country, if just our revenue for one year was its own country, like, by GDP. Um, so it really makes me mad that we still have debt, like, at all. Because if we have $4.5 trillion every year going to the government and then we're still, like, $21 trillion in debt, we could just put like a trillion to the military, like a trillion to social, a trillion somewhere else, and then in twenty years the debt's gone because we just take a trillion from that. So really, it really bothers me that we have, we like have that much money in taxes. Um, and not only do we still have a debt, but the debt is continually growing. It's continually growing. Yeah. We I don't think we have made a solid dent in yeah our deficit since I don't even know when. And I, I generally don't like the idea just that we have military bases, like, all over the world. Um, I'm pretty pro, kind of like, we should be minding our own business, just as everyone else is. You're not a libertarian, though, are you? Are you? Um, kind <laughs> of. I'd say, like, socially, yeah, because I'm pretty much do whatever you want. But I don't agree with, like, uh, libertarians on the idea that, like, oh, we shouldn't have a border, stuff like that. Yeah. Because I, de- I definitely think there are valuable ideals of, mm-hmm. you know, the libertarian I- idea, uh, especially not policing the world is one. Yeah. And I understand that a lot of people say, I mean, even some Democrats will tell you, well, we have a responsibility, but... I know, I, got, I was so mad when Trump pulled out of Syria and then all the Democrats were mad at him for pulling out of Syria when that's been their whole shtick that everyone, that like... Yeah, we still have troops there, and they're you know they, it's, it's it's a lost cause. Why yeah, and which they even like, like I feel like everyone was pretty much on board. They were like, yeah, the Middle East was like a bad idea. We shouldn't have got involved, and then so Trump does it, which should be a thing of like, see, like even we all agree, and they immediately just hopped on him because he did it. So it has to be bad. I saw a recent survey by I think it was Newsbusters, which is a group that works with the media research mission and it said that out of since 2016 even before 
being inaugurated, 95% of media stories, both print and you know televised, had a negative spin on Donald Trump, and only 5% since then have had a positive spin. Now that is, I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's news making, but that's definitely agenda setting. Yeah, that's agenda setting, and then also just overall, like, um, the trust in the media is just so low. Um, how do you, how do you fix that? Um, I pretty much think it's honestly mainstream media is a lost cause just because cable's a lost cause. Also, newspapers are a lost cause. So I think the solution, uh, and let, let me see if this makes sense, just because I'm going to bounce it off you guys, because this is kind of like a theory that I think I came, that, like I've been thinking about, and I'm not sure if it makes sense. So I want you all to tell me if it doesn't make sense. But doesn't it make sense that since information is becoming easier to get <coughs> and more accessible, that the need for journalism is going down? Because think about this, for instance. I can get on social media and see what's happening at some place from 20 different perspectives, like all the people live streaming, different stuff like that. I can um, Google almost anything. I can get, like, economic reports for whatever country I want. You know, the, I, it's just everything's so ac accessible. I don't see why I need people telling me what to do and, like, what to think. Because I've, I've started doing this where it's like, do you know what Vox is? unfortunately yeah. yeah so it gets pretty criticized but like I'll just read a Vox article and I'll be like wait did this really happen and I can go to the government website and look at the congressional documents and stuff and just read them for myself so then this calls into question like in this age where traditionally you know you'd only get news by a newspaper or through a radio like you didn't know what was happening in World War II without these medians but in this day and age I kind of am like well why do we need you like they're, they're they're providing a lens for something that doesn't need a lens. Yeah. Like like why am I, why am I watching someone report on the Trump rally when I can read a whole transcript about it or watch the whole YouTube video on YouTube and decide for myself? Like I, I'm they're literally commentating on stuff I can see for myself. Where traditionally they provided you with information you couldn't get yourself. I get that, and I agree to a certain extent. But I will say that my main issue with getting news solely from social media. Specifically, Twitter is that Twitter has its own agenda. Mm. You will not find any source of media, any person without bias of yeah. you know some kind. So, and if you're going off of videos shot by Twitter users who are posting it on yeah. the social media on the platform, then I mean that's no difference than just going off various eyewitness accounts. Exactly. So I think that the Associated Press in general does still play a role in international affairs and giving us stories and details that normally users and just people you know so our people mm -hmm. like us would not have access to so I, I think that I, I agree with you that the 24-hour news cycle is I mean yeah like Katie like you said cable is dead and I get that with the internet it's all more accessible and to that I say that no we don't need as many stories about Trump Mm -hmm. or about the impeachment hearings as we do. Because I think also the whole journalism industry is very saturated. There are so many different outlets that you could look at now. And but I think the future is also like people uh, kind of admitting their bias. 
Because I promise if someone went up and was like, well, I mean, look, I'm biased, but, like, here's what I well, think, I immediately respect them, like, a thousand times I more. think that's already happening. I yeah. Think you look at these political shows, so you yep. got Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, you got Cenk Uger and the Young Turks. Yep, yep. You know, it's... It, they're very open about what they stand for and what they're upset, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and then when you talk to their fans, I, and I feel like a lot of people don't get this, <coughs> is like they'll be like, how can you listen to X person because X person once said this or believes this? And I'm like, you can't just talk to people who only believe with you because, like, that's literally just yourself. Like, like it's how just... How do you expect to make progress without yeah, hearing the side of the opposition? It's just a mindset and, like, being able to kind of listen critically. I agree. And maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe the way to fix people's lack of trust in journalism is to have sources just come out and be forthright and honest mm -hmm. about what they stand for, what their values are. Yeah, because the problem is um, people are fe feeling deceived because it's people who are saying they're unbiased and then they're like not. Well, I think that's fair because, I mean, Fox News in particular, e just clear-cut, yeah. you know, very right-leaning. Right then you look mm -hmm. at... MSN, they're very left-leaning, but then you look at CNN who says we're unbiased, we report just the facts. CNN was founded by Ted Turner as an entertainment news source. Yeah. CNN is, I think, I, I think the biggest de deceiver out of oh, any yeah. of the major news syndicates. There's, I'll, I'll send you a thing, but a Nelson report, which they track TV ratings. The Nielsen one? Nielsen one, yeah, yeah Nielsen. Um, they found that like re reruns of Yogi Bear we're getting more viewers than primetime Anderson Cooper. Like the old cartoon. That makes me happy. <laughs> from Boomerang. So, and, and an, a large, I told you this last time I was here, a large part of their viewers are um, abroad just because it's the only news source that they can get. Yeah, you were talking about the people mm -hmm. in Africa. Yep. That's their main source of news. They only get CNN. It's the only U.S. news source. That's crazy. I think... My favorite, I will say though, I have enjoyed CNN this year solely for the Fredo incident. What was that? That's where, what's his name? Chris Cuomo. Uh, <laughs> oh, or, yeah. yeah. Some guy films an entire <laughs> altercation with him. He walks by and he calls him Fredo, you know, the yeah, yeah. brother from The Godfather. And <laughs> he just goes off, you know, just a ton of expletives. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kick your, you know, you know what, and <laughs> all this other stuff, just getting very hostile, very violent or aggressive pretty quickly. And he comes out and tries to spin it as like, oh, well, it's a it's a racial slur. Um, now it's how is that a racial slur? I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't understand how that's a racial slur. It's, I know, I don't. I'm like half optimistic and half like it's gonna get. A lot worse before it gets better. The PC culture? Yeah, just because the culture wars interest me a lot more than the political wars because it's um, the government to go back and forth as it has done forever. Um, society kind of moves. Exactly. The culture war is much, much more interesting to me. I think this, I mean, cancel culture. Cancel culture. It's awful. I can't imagine being somebody like Kevin Hart or. Louis C.K. Or, and I'm not I'm not mm -hmm. defending Louis C.K. I will say though I have read up on the case. Yeah. And this guy is made out to be some kind of Harvey Weinstein, 
misogynist, you know, mm-hmm. womanizer. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think he had a very weird kind of Dang. like yeah, sexual yeah. like fetish or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the girls that from what I understand, from what I've read, were with him, like he they knew, like he, you know, he did his thing and but and then it came out that these girls were unwilling all of a sudden and I don't know, the guys kind of been made out to be somewhat of a pariah it, ever since. What what gets me is that like in the sixties kinda of the whole um the whole liberal shtick was see, we don't we don't care what our parents say, you know, it's kinda of like this anti traditionalism where it's like See, it's yeah, okay. The, the it's, breakaway kind of Yeah, cultures. it's okay to curse, like counterculture, our parents are stingy, all this stuff. But now it's um it's like the PC culture is like saying you can't say this, you can't do this, these topics are you're not allowed to talk about, it. you can't show this, stuff like that. So much is taboo now. Mm-hmm. I think too much is taboo, especially for a country that values freedom of speech exactly. above anything else almost. And that's the thing is liberal figures that I do enjoy and I mean this is kind of a guilty pleasure but every now and then I will tune in and see uh, if Bill Maher's got a good guest on just because I think yes. something, man, sometimes I think his comedy I, is pretty funny I don't know why he's still on the left like I honestly don't no. he's getting ripped from the left he seems to disagree with the left more on than the so right much. yes on almost everything it, you know why? It's because he's got a contract with HBO, and until mm. HBO says, "All right, you're done. You've crossed the line too many times," then you know we'll we'll keep you on board. And this is almost conspiracy theory too. This is not a well thought out argument, but isn't it just weird that all the corporations, Hollywood, and like pop culture, all have the exact same politics? Like, that there's, like, a gr- consensus. That's, like, fishy to me. And, I mean... Just the entertainment <clears throat> industry. Yeah, exactly. Entirely. And I don't know. I just get confused when I see, like, um, like huge corporation heads like uh, like Bill Gates, uh, Jeff Bezos, you know. Um, Bob Iger. Yeah, and they get up there and they, like, are, like, kind of spewing, like, far-left anti-capitalism things. And I really don't get it. Like, like the, the capitalistic society that we have here is why you're in the exactly, you're and in. there has to be, because you know they're brilliant, smart guys, smarter than me, obviously. So sure. I would like an explanation because I, I mean, I don't get it, but well, it just seems counterintuitive to me. No, I get it, and I think it's very interesting, especially watching the Democratic debates. I, I think there are maybe three capitalists on that stage. Yeah. And but one thing I do I do want you to take into account is that the primaries are always the extremes. Like if you watch, oh, for the, sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once the primaries are over, whoever the candidate is is definitely going to go moderate. Yeah, moderate. Because that's the only way they can beat Trump. Yeah, because like I mean, if you look back at the Republican um, primaries, there were guys who were like proposing like a five percent flat tax you oh, know yeah. to tax and well i remember back well yeah while people agree with it that's not feasible i you remember can't. back in it was either 08 or 2012 but herman cain had the 999 yeah policy where it's like you know nine percent income tax and like so on and so forth um i yeah that's definitely mm-hmm. that's definitely true but i do think that people like bernie sanders they're not going to 
oh yeah kind of you know ease out their views and their their platform that much just because i said this on tuesday squawks well but steve bannon was on i think rachel maddow or some someone and i you know i as shady as you might think he is the guy is a brilliant political strategist oh he's I'm excited to see what he does in Europe because he's been doing yeah. a lot of work in Europe. I know. Um, but you said that this election is not left versus right, liberal versus conservative. It's populist socialism versus populist nationalism. Mm, that's so true. Because I think the majority of Trump supporters want to, pu- I mean, make America great again. They want to push for the ideals before the counterculture, before, you know, mm-hmm. the 50s, well, 80s, Reagan, Reagan's yeah. day. Um, so I, I don't know, but I, I am still concerned by the major push for socialism. Yeah, and my thing is, I'm truthfully not that worried because what when they say they're socialists, they're not really socialists. They just want bigger welfare programs. And, um, and more of them. Yeah, which I'm not necessarily opposed to if you like thoroughly demonstrate where the money is coming from and how it works. Like, uh, like New Zealand... Is the Cato Institute just came out with their 2019 rankings. The New Zealand is the freest country on earth. It got number one. It's been number one for a while. Has the freest markets. All this stuff. Like the Cato Institute's like a libertarian think tank, and they're yeah. always New Zealand number one. And New Zealand also has massive welfare programs. But also take into account the population size that is as well as 100 percent true. And just the economic diversity. Yes when comparing the United States to a country like New Zealand, Finland, Denmark. Exactly. That's why, like, state um, down welfare makes a lot more sense to me. Like, because, I mean, think about it. If the state of Wyoming was like, we're going to give universal health care, I was like, I bet they can do it because there's, like, 500,000 people (laughs) in Wyoming. Well, that's what we had Representative Mike Sanders come on, and he was saying that. He said that health care should be tackled by the state, specifically, well, and, I mean, welfare as well. But specifically because, you know, the everyday life is drastically different for those living in the state of New York versus the state of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So if people are going to be able to help you out, it should not be done on, you know, yeah. we're going to, you know, That's have a checklist right. for all these problems and it's going to cover everyone in the country. That's not realistic. Yeah. Plus yeah. there's a sense of like, like uh, kind of communities where it's like if Oklahoma started taking care of Oklahomans, you know, that makes sense to me. I like, yeah. Um, especially if my only beef is that no one's really explaining where the money's coming from, so they're they're just like literally promising free stuff, which is kind of just. Well, a, and with someone like Bernie, the promises that he has made, because the whole his whole campaign is predicated around Trump lied to you in 2016, mm-hmm. but we're gonna we're gonna change things up, free college, free universal health care. And you've got others talking about free health care for yeah, illegal. Not, not illegal immigrants. Yeah. And I, I think it's like, well, do you see the deficit? Do you see the debt yeah. we've got? It's, it's, all, it's, all the, it's also the myth that, like, oh, Americans are dying because health care is so expensive. That is literally not how it works. Yeah. Like, it's, fe- it's like the law that if you show up to a hospital, they have to provide you the best care that they can. Like, no what matter. Is that the Hippocratic Oath? Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's like... Um, it's like illegal if a hospital doesn't do that no matter who you are like whether you're a citizen or not the literally the only question we're having is like how do you pay for it now um, 
and I mean that's a valuable conversation and it's certainly complicated by insurance and different things but well and I think the pharmaceutical industry also complicates things a lot yeah especially when you have certain medications that are needed you know by a, a large amount of people they're skyrocketing in price for what you know they would they would cost in another country what was the guy's name Martin Screlly Oh yeah. Is he, <laughs> yeah. Isn't he in jail? Now? Yeah, he got thrown in jail. I can't remember what he did. Well, he raised the price of EpiPens. I almost tripled it or something. Oh, no, actually, I think no, he, no. It was a it was a drug. I don't think it was EpiPens, but he did get a patent for a drug, and then he jacked up the price. I th- I thought it went into EpiPens. I thought it had something to do with it. That. Might might have been. But either way, yeah, he yeah, he played the played the industry, and uh, it, apparently he had the only copy of the original Carter Five by Lil Wayne. Like, like no, he had and the, we'll, and the Wu Tang. Yes, yes, yes that's awesome. Had, oh, that's cool. Both. That's cool. And he's like, I'm not gonna share it or show it to Dang. anyone. Well, um, one thing I don't understand is like, okay, I kind I understand the argument that like you'll die without health care, um, and health care is super expensive. Like, I understand the case that the government should be involved in healthcare. You know, I don't know if I agree with it, but like I see the point. But my question is how come they never, like it doesn't extend anything else? Like you also need food, water, and shelter. So like why shouldn't the government start running agriculture to make sure that everyone gets food? Like should the government also run um, all the water so that we can make sure everyone gets water? Should the government run housing to guarantee that everyone gets housing? Like I don't understand where it ends. Well, I wonder if there was, if that was the initial plan with the New Deal. And implementing all these different programs, like Department of Agriculture, Department of Roads, and uh, I forget the transit or transportation, something like that. Um, I wonder if that was kind of the the idea was to establish these these departments and then eventually have them grow in power, you know, accumulate mm-hmm. a good amount of funds, and then maybe take over. I, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's a bit far fetched, but who knows? I don't know. I uh, there's a lot of new literature coming out that like there's um, a lot of people saying that the New Deal actually like hurt like it slowed down economic progress. Yeah, like uh, the recovery. So I'm interested to see what happens with that. Because I know that one of the main arguments made by liberals is that if FDR had ran for a third term, you know, if he hadn't yeah. died. Uh, he was going to implement a new Bill of Rights for the American yeah, worker. Yeah, a worker's Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Which I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with. I, because mm. I think if there, if one, if there was a piece of legislation like that set into place, you wouldn't have the issues where companies are cracking down on unionizing and mm-hmm. you know that that kind of stuff. Because I saw a video not too long ago of Amazon's anti-union video that they share with all of their floor managers in the yeah. warehouses and it's like how to see if you know <laughs> they're gonna union is forming yeah and here's how to crack down on it I, I don't crazy. know you unions are like good and bad well, for sure because it depends if it's a good or bad union because unions uh really hurt america by driving up the cost because you know because they just go on strike until they're yeah and then how long before the corporation says, well, let's go to China where it's illegal to have unions, you know? And so they kind of shoot themselves in the foot when they do that, but... But it, it, it really complicates matters when it 
they're government workers. So when well, government, here's here's a hot take that's not very popular. Government workers should not be allowed to unionize, for the sole reason that, by the nature of the government, you're not um, under market influences. So when you union, so so like say Amazon workers. Um, uh, unionized. That's the free market, free people like just saying, hey, we want higher wages. Uh, since the government is already providing things from taxpayers' money, they're already not uh, under the influences of market markets. So generally, like if you are performing badly, it doesn't matter because your funding isn't dependent on your performance. It's dependent on the government giving it to you. Right. So I really don't understand how you can then unionize well, and say like, we should get more money. And it's not like the government can fire you either. Yeah, exactly. They have to have it's a lot harder legal, to legal grounds, right? Yeah. Like you have to break the law. I'm trying to think. There's like a bunch of stipulations. Or, f- or so. funding getting cut, which virtually never happens. Like how often do you hear, okay, well, this department got too much money? Because department heads know that if they have a surplus, that's deducted from the next year's um, budget request. Right. So no matter what, they just spend the money. Yeah, I would venture to say that no department actually <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No department's like, wow, we didn't need this much money. Yeah. Well... Ruger, Braden, it looks like we are out of time, actually a bit over time, but um, Ruger, I want to thank you for coming in and congrats on getting into law school. That's tremendous. Thank you. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to be here. Glad to hear it. You're going to be the next Johnny Cochran, <coughs> sir. Um, <laughs> Braden, you got a joke? Um, that's what I was looking at. Um, I saw you cracking up. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. I, I ran into one earlier that was... I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Let me see if this is it. By the way, be sure to check out the website, squawkradio.org, the Twitter at Big Squawk, and our Instagram, Squawk, Ra- Squawk, Radio. Squawk Radio. Yes, sir. A lot of good content there. A lot. Um, oh, and also, real quick, a little update. Phone lines are now working, so we are currently making our calendar for the year 2020. So... Coming this spring, big stuff. <clears throat> big guests, bigger squawk. So stay tuned for that. All right, Braden? All right, here's a joke. Why is Peter Pan always flying? I don't know. Why? Because he never lands. <laughs> okay. I love that joke. Yeah, it never gets old, you know? <laughs> it, ha- it has a nice hook. <laughs> is that another? Two parter. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. I'm lost, yeah. boys. <laughs> don't ever don't ever change Frenchie. but listen be sure to check out the stuff we just told you to to uh, join us on Thursday we'll have another guest and keep on squawking thanks for tuning in you mean you mean Tuesday 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 said you said Thursday uh, Tuesday excuse me <laughs> Tuesday tune in keep on squawking